Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 7.05, Tampa Bay leading the Blue Jays 2-0. That game in the bottom of the sixth. Hockey tomorrow, Blues and Bruins game two, 6 o'clock right here on 6.30. Ched, NBA Finals start on Thursday with the Raptors hosting the Golden State Warriors. Been a pretty fun ride for the Raptors so far. And uh, we will have the Eskimos preseason game on 6.30, Ched, on Friday. 5 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 6.30 as they play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Lacombe Generals, who are the reigning Allen Cup champions. Kellen, as you'll remember, in April I went down to Lacombe for a night, and I think you were away, but where were you working? No, I, no, I was away. away. Yeah. But I did a show from uh, an Allen Cup quarterfinal. Oh, okay. Lacombe went on to uh, win the tournament. Senior hockey has been pretty strong here in Alberta, but uh, not as strong as maybe in years past. Uh, Rosetown had been playing in the Allen Cup Hockey West League. Uh, they're, they're not going to be around anymore. And today, the Lacombe Generals... Well, I'll just quickly read the press release. It's not that long. Uh, It says, Dear Allen Cup hockey fans, we are confirming today that the Lacombe Generals Senior AAA Hockey Club will not continue to compete with the two remaining teams in Allen Cup Hockey West and for the Allen Cup Championship. After 20 seasons of Bentley slash Lacombe Generals hockey, where we grew from a young startup local franchise to proud four-time Allen Cup champions, we are today saying goodbye to the hockey we love. Basically, what the Generals are saying is that there are just not enough teams to play. The press release also reads, Since our inception in 1999, we have now lost over 40 opposing AAA franchises nationally, and this retraction has now caught up to us here in Allen Cup Hockey West. Well, this saddens me as as someone who uh, covered the Allen Cup several times while working at Lloyd Minster and covering the Border Kings, who, by the way, faded away themselves a few years ago, and they were a really strong and really proud franchise while I was uh, working in Lloyd, and they hosted the tournament one more time after I left. And now you have uh, the Lacombe Generals, originally the Bentley Generals, who uh, you know were a preeminent team in senior men's AAA hockey saying we're not going to do it tomorrow anymore because there are just not enough teams to play. So that leaves what used to be the Chinook League, now Allen Cup Hockey West, with just Stony Plain and Innisfail. And so you have Lacombe saying we just won the national title at this level of hockey and now we're not going to compete at this level of hockey. So this this is tough. It's, uh, it, it is difficult to keep these teams going. And as it says in that press release, it it appears to have become increasingly difficult because teams don't stay with it year after year. Uh, I I know that 
and you know, and I had Jeff McKinnis, who's the GM of of Bentley or of Lacombe, on on the show the night I was in Lacombe, and he talked about maybe it's time for Hockey Canada to give up control of the Allen Cup, give it to the teams themselves to govern it. Uh, I, you know, I think that's a better model because it's become, in my mind, a neglected tournament by by Hockey Canada, and there are some teams and people that really put a lot of effort into sustaining that level of hockey, but uh, the general's not happy with where it's at. And I think they would like to try to build something that, that makes the Allen Cup more sustainable. And, you know, even when I started covering this almost 20 years ago, there were provincial playdowns, and sometimes a province wouldn't have a team or might just have one or two teams. But sometimes, you know, there'd be multi-stage provincial playdowns, there'd be regional leagues, and a lot of those have just petered out over the years. I don't know what the solution is. I, I can't sit here and guarantee that if you gave it to the teams to run, that it would be in a better place. But I don't think, and Hockey Canada does a lot, a lot of great things, but I'm going to say this. When it comes to managing the Allen Cup, you can't do worse than what Hockey Canada has done. So if, if, if you let the teams... If you let the teams do it, maybe you, you have some more structure. Uh, you know, maybe you in, insist the teams have to be strong. and Because right now you can just assemble a team for the Allen Cup. You know, you could, have a, you could say you have a team in a community and you could affiliate with other teams and then you mash all those teams together and then you have your team to go in an Allen Cup play down or maybe even go straight into the tournament if you're the only team coming out of your region. Uh, it's flawed. It's it's difficult. I, I wish I told you I had a solution, but this is tough to see Lacombe say, well, we're just not going to do this right now, maybe not ever again. Put Stony Plain and Innisfail in a, in a tough position. Um, maybe this is going to force the hand of some teams or leaders involved at this level of hockey to, to, try to, to try to fix it. And it's by no means an easy fix. Uh, but a big step today by Lacombe. So anyway, I'm sure that's a story I'll keep following for you here on Inside Sports. The big story in Edmonton that we are following is Dave Tippett, the new head coach of your Edmonton Oilers. He was asked today, uh, what about your uh, assistant coaches? you got three guys from last year, Trent Yanni, Manny Viveros, Glenn Galtzen. They're, they're still on staff. What's going on there? I thought it was right that I talked to the the coaches that are here first so i haven't reached out to anybody about any uh, any other jobs i know all three guys i know gullick signani and viveros i've all had relationships with them in the past so uh, i want to talk to them first see where they're at and uh, go through the process with them but uh, that that's where it'll start i haven't done anything about any other coaches i felt it was fair to talk to those guys first all right, so Tippett wants to uh, speak to the guys who are incumbents before going anywhere else. I believe that the Jim Playfair will be on the Oilers staff. He was an associate with Tippett for six years while with the Coyotes. We'll see how that plays out in the weeks to come. Ken Holland on Tippett's staff. Uh, how much input will we have? Who's ultimately going to make the decisions on who the assistants are? My philosophy is the head coach has to pick the people that he wants, that he believes. He, they're in the trenches every day, and he has to select the people um, that he believes are going to, are going to um, complement one another. 
I'm the rubber stamp. I, 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 I have the sign-off. Now, as he's going through the process, I'm going to, you know, so I went through the process with Mike Babcock, and he had lots of uh, assistant coaches. Mike would say to me, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to go get some of me. I'm going to get Jeff Blaschel, who's coaching uh, a college team. But why? We're, we're, we, we talk about the process, and ultimately, uh, Jay, we brought in a guy, uh, Mike Babcock brought in a guy. So the head coach does it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off on it. I'm going to go through the process. We're going to talk. Um, and he needs to be in the trench. He needs to be in that coach's room on an everyday basis with people that he's hired, that they know he's their boss. Uh, I'm the boss above them, and they need to have chemistry. I'm, I'm big on chemistry, um, not only on the ice, off the ice we have to do things to build chemistry so i'm going to work with dave but he ultimately he's going to have the final decision putting his staff together and from an economic standpoint the most important thing we make decisions about winning about putting the best team on the ice uh we got a great owner he's built a beautiful beautiful building here he's invested a lot of money into this city into this into this organization they've paid me a lot of money we're going to pay we all make a lot of money to be in this business and at the end of the day that the decisions have to be about winning and, and and doing things that are in the best interest of the hockey team so that we can that we can win all right and speaking of uh, decisions you've probably seen this reported paul coffee no longer with the oilers he was with the club for about the past year and a half as a development coach all right well- with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We'll take a quick timeout. Sam Gagne, current Oiler, former Coyote, played for Dave Tippett. His thoughts when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Dave Tippett is the new head coach of Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the Edmonton Oilers. Current Oilers Sam Gagne played for Tippett in Arizona in the 14-15 season. Sam, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. I really appreciate you making time for us today. Uh, obviously, I know it's uh, uh, into the middle of the summer here and the weather's great outside, but uh, some significant news today for uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And obviously, Dave Tippett has, has taken over as head coach. You know, Sam, you, you played for him with the Arizona Coyotes in 14-15. Uh, maybe just some thoughts on... Uh, what struck you about Tippett uh, as a head coach that year you had him? Yeah, I mean, um, I think, um, you know, it was a tough season, um, you know, where we ended up. But I, I think uh, the the things that, um, you know, Tip brings, um, you know, he, he's a very uh, detail-oriented, structured coach. And I think, you know, for a team that's, uh, that's growing and looking to find its identity, looking to find itself, it's going to be really beneficial for us to have a coach like that. And, um, you know, the other thing, I think he communicates really well and he understands today's player and, and uh, you know, the fact that, you know, guys need to be talked to and guys need to, to be communicated with in order to, to reach the level, um, you know, that they need to be at. So I, I think, um, you know, it's an exciting time. And, uh, um, you know, I'm happy for Tip that uh, now he's back coaching. I know that, um, 
uh, you know, he said today that it's, uh, it's one of those things, you got the coaching bug and you want to get back into it. And, um, you know, I think uh, as a player that, uh, you know, we should be excited that, to have him uh, leading our group. All right. Well, uh, obviously, it sounds like you, you listened to everything today, which is which is cool. So you probably heard him say that he laughs when people call him a defensive coach. Uh, he had that reputation in Arizona. Some of those teams uh, mm-hmm. did, didn't score very much. So what what would you say to people or fans who are, are labeling him as a defensive coach? Well, I think structure and defense are uh, are different things. I think. Um, you know when when you when you talk about tip i think uh he wants to have a you know defensive zone structure and he wants to be um you know very detailed with uh you know everything he's trying to preach which is it's great as a player because you know where you where you stand and you know um you know what's expected of you but at the same time i don't think he's ever put a leash on anyone in terms of trying to make plays and uh trying to create and you know you look at some of the high end offensive players we have and um, you know, I think he's he's going to let them uh, do what they do offensively and be creative. And uh, you know, I think that's that's important uh, for players to have, and, and and he believes that as well. And I think um, if you can have um, you know that structure to fall back on defensively, it's um, it's only going to help our group and um, you know help us move forward. So um, you know, I think uh, I don't think there should be I don't think there's a label that you put on or anything and. Uh, um, you know, I'm excited to see uh, what he's able to do with our group. Sam Gagne joining us tonight on Inside Sports. The Oilers have hired Dave Tippett as their new head coach. He touched on how he uh, works as a communicator. He said he just tries to be honest with guys, uh, good or bad, not necessarily going to an emotional extreme in, in talking to them, but just kind mm-hmm. of telling it like it is. You, you touched on the communication as well. How would how would you sum up his communication? Was there maybe a, a story or an instance uh, you can relate about uh, some communication? communication lines you might have had when you were with the Coyotes yeah well, I think um, like you said I mean you're, you're not uh, I, I think as a coach you need to make sure that um, you know your, your players know where they stand and that you communicate those things to them and um, you know I think you know players uh, aren't always going to like um, you know what's being said but you know it's important to be honest and I think uh um, it allows you to grow as a player, and 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 ultimately, as a, as a player, that's what you want. You want to continue to get better. You want to help the the team grow. And um, you know, I think Tip is uh, is is good at that. I think um, you know, you, you talk to players that have played for him in the past, and he's a guy that uh, um, you know he understands what it takes to to be successful in the league. And um, you know, he he helps players. Uh, you know, get to that level. I think if you look at some of the the teams that uh, you know he, he's had in Arizona, I mean, um, I, I think the defensive uh, label probably comes from the fact that there there hasn't been many high scorers. But um, I think it comes for, comes with uh, you know the roster you have in place and all those different things. And you know, I know for myself when I was there. Um, I think uh, I had a you know kind of tough first half of the year, um, you know, after getting traded from Edmonton and uh, everything that you know goes with uh, you know being traded and um, you know just uh, uh, it's kind of a it was a bit of an emotional drop off going from 
Edmonton to, to Arizona. And I think, um, you know, Tip uh, understands all that and tries to help you through it as much as you can. And um, I, I think as the year went on there, I was able to build and uh, I had a, you know, really good second half, you know, uh, based in part of the, some of the communication that, that Tip and I had and, and, and helped me through it and kind of helped me uh, get comfortable and, and grow into my role there. Sam, I, I'm sure we talked about this uh, when you joined the Oilers during the season, and, and and Tip and Ken Holland talked about it today about the the pace of the game and, and needing to play up tempo. And he talked about that you have to attack with with five men. You, you can't just have one defenseman that can join the rush. You have to have two, and you have to have all the defensemen participating in the forecheck. From a from an on ice level, from a player's level, can you tell me a little bit about that? The the evolution of that into the NHL. NHL, just you know, sort of the the defenseman participating and how the the tempo was picked up, if it has, maybe even throughout the course of your career. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think it's important uh, to have the puck, and in order to have it, you got to hunt it, and uh, you got to be aggressive, and you and you got to attack um, when you don't have it. Even so, so I think um, you know it's important to, to play with that pace and. Um, offensively, uh, like you said, I think uh, it's turned into a five-man attack where everyone's involved in the play. And I think teams back pressure so well now, too, that, um, you know, if you have your defenseman jumping up, um, you, you're going to find extra layers in your attack, and, and it's going to help you create more offense. And, and in turn, you're going to be defending less, and you're going to have the puck more, and you're going to play in the other, the other teams end more, and I think there's just more opportunity for success there, and um, you know I think that that's kind of the the blueprint for success in today's NHL, and um, a lot of teams seem to be following it. All right, Sam. On, on a lighter note, I'll wrap up with this. Uh, obviously, we're into the Stanley Cup final. The the Raptors have been exciting. We've had a couple golf majors played. Uh, Darnell Nurse and some of the, your other teammates were playing at Worlds. Have you have you been a sports watcher uh, since the uh, the Oilers season ended? And if so, uh, what's caught your attention? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I think uh, it's always. You know, exciting watching the playoffs. Obviously, a little more exciting playing in them. But um, I think uh, playoff hockey. There's really nothing better to watch. It's um, you know, it's it's really intense, and uh, it's been an exciting playoffs. Obviously, there's a you know a lot of things that have happened that uh, may have been surprising. Um, but you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun hockey. And then you know, like you said, watching the Raptors has been great too. Um, you know, having. Having them in the, the NBA Finals is, uh, you know, it's it's been awesome to watch, and uh, I'm looking forward to that that series getting started. And and um, you know, it's it's been a fun spring to be a sports fan for sure. Right on. Well, Sam, thanks for making time for us tonight on Inside Sports. It's always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. That is Sam Gagne from the Edmonton Oilers. For the second time in his career, he will have Dave Tippett as a head coach. Of course, more on Tippett's hiring on 630Ched.com. We'll have a little bit more from Tippett and Ken Holland in the next half hour of the show. Keep your texts coming to 630-630. Open lines available at 780-496-0063. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. What I really appreciate about this show tonight is that Drake is standing behind me and he just gives me a little shoulder rub whenever I feel a little tense. Isn't that nice of him, Kellen? 
Drizzy in the house. I mean, he's, he's got a bit of a break between games and the NBA. Finals don't start on Thursday, so Drake thought, come to Edmonton and uh, just, just help Reed out with a little shoulder rub whenever he feels tense. Steve Kerr, of course, is the coach of the Golden State Warriors going up against Drake's Toronto Raptors. You used to call me on my... You used to, you used to. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Drake. I called him on his cell phone earlier and, uh, <laughs> my, my daughter's, my daughter's rolling her eyes right now. She's like, dad, no more dad jokes, please. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Kellen, I have to ask you a question. Okay. <laughs> Am I a bad Canadian? And here's why I'm asking. I can't name the title of a single Drake song. Though I guess that one is probably called Cell Phone. No, you're wrong. It isn't even called Cell Phone. No. What's it called? Hotline Bling. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I, ca- I couldn't name a single Drake song. Well, now, okay, now I could name one. Hotline Bling. I couldn't name a single Drake song. What's that other one he has? Started from the bottom. I nope. think it's called. Sure. That. Sure. <laughs> you don't know either. Like, are, 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 should we as can, is, is he now that big that if you don't know a Drake song, you're a bit of a weirdo? No. <laughs> you're, you're, I think you're just being nice to me, so I don't feel like a weirdo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're. What? Well, I mean, there there are some artists who are so big that even if not if you're not a fan of them or you're not into that music, that just by osmosis you you might know the name of an album or a song or if it's an actor or a movie they were in, TV show. Like I couldn't name. I I could obviously identify Drake, because he's on TV more than some of the Raptors. Like who's on TV more, Drake or Jeremy Lin? Well, Five Drake. years ago, Jeremy Lin was the biggest sensation to hit the NBA, or whatever that was. Now. Uh, he hardly plays, and he's never on TV. Drake's on TV all the time. So I just feel like, am I letting my country down by not knowing more about Drake? <laughs> I mean, I, I would be surprised if a Canadian who didn't like rock music couldn't name Summer of 69 as a Brian Adams song. Right. I mean, I would think somebody who had no interest in rock music. Now, I guess that song's been around longer, but you'd think just through osmosis, if so, if you said to somebody, "Hey, you're a Canadian, do you like Brian Adams?" and they said, "No, I I hate his music and I hate that genre of music," but then you said to him, "Could you name a Brian Adams song?" and I, I should say, I don't hate Drake or that genre of music. I just don't. It's not my 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 interest. But I would think most Canadians, even if they didn't like Brian Adams, could probably say "Summer '69." That's what. If, or everything I do, like yeah. the big one. What was that from? Robin Hood, Robin Men Hood in Tights. Prince of Thieves. I yes. think I think it was from Men in Tights. Actually, <laughs> sorry, I can't even say that without laughing. Um, so anyway, I guess I guess there's. Uh, I'm off work tomorrow. I guess I just stream Drake on Apple Music all day. Yeah, tell me how that goes for you. Uh, this texture says, I have no idea what Drake's songs are. This texture says, I'd rather have Stevie Nicks rub my neck than Drake. 
And McQueen says, yes, it's a bit weird that you don't know a Drake song. All right. So two-thirds of listeners <laughs> are comfortable with me not knowing a Drake song. But though I do know now know, know this one. Hotline Bling, is that what it's called? That's what it's called, yes. You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my Roadhammer texting in, he says, No, you're not letting your country down by not knowing any of Drake's music. That's the first time I ever heard any of his stuff, and it's freaking horrible. If that's what passes for great music these days, the music industry is in serious trouble. This is coming from somebody who actually works in the music industry here in Edmonton. That's a text from Roadhammer. Paul says, Reed, don't worry. I'm 25, and I can't stand Drake's music. And another texter simply says, Who is Drake? I don't know if I can explain it. It's not Drake Kajula. It's not Dallas Drake either. I think that's what we're talking about. What's his real name again? It's not even Drake. Drake's not part of his name. Aubrey Graham. You're lost on this, Kellen. I thought you'd be helping me out as one of the kids in the state. That's his real name. (laughs) I I wish you all could have seen that. Kellen, I can see when Kellen turns his mic on because the red light comes on on the arm holding it. He had his mic on for like five seconds. (laughs) <laughs> just shut it off. <laughs> Didn't even have a dismissive or sarcastic comment. <laughs> uh, this Happy person, Tuesday, everybody. <laughs> this person says, at your age, I'd be worried if you could name a Drake song. Stay in your lane. You're a rock and roller. <laughs> I, but I think that's the first time somebody has ever said to me, at your age. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. <laughs> And Sarah B. texting in uh, says, I have no clue who Drake is, and I don't care either. All right. Anyway, he is uh, more famous. Well, he's better known than some of the the, the Raptors themselves, though people who haven't followed basketball are learning a lot about the team. They have been fun to watch. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 741. This is not Drake hour. Maybe someday we'll do that. This is Inside Sports on 630 Shed. Dave Tippett is the new coach of the Edmonton Oilers. GM Ken Holland says uh, that Ken Hitchcock assisted in the coaching search. Uh, Holland said he had about 15 to 17 candidates. Three or four of them didn't have NHL experience, but Tippett was always the leading candidate for the job. Um, <laughs> we just got a text of the night from Ted. Isn't a Drake a male duck? He should have a backing band, Drake and the Ducks. Anyway, they could record a power mallard. Hang on. Uh, I got this to, text I, is 63630 is from Harold. To get back to the hockey stuff, he says, uh, I heard Dave Tippett today read, he seems to talk more about building relationships with players than Hitchcock and McClellan. I think he will get more out of the depth players, whereas Todd McClellan always seemed frustrated with what they couldn't accomplish. However, I think that the potential of the Oilers' depth players still isn't high enough for them to be a really good team. Well, I, I think that's that's a fair comment. Even if the Oilers play better, is it enough? Dave Tippett today talking about the team's bottom six forwards. Ken and I have talked about this, and we, you know, I think we both understand there needs to be some added depth in there. 
Uh, I'm big on having players that really fit roles down there, and we've talked about that, but I'll maybe let Ken talk about it a little more. But it's, uh, you know, we, we know that has, there has to be some scoring depth there's some balance of, of scoring that if, if you look at the two fourth lines in the finals right now, they're both real good lines. They play against other teams' top players. They chip in goals when they're needed. And those are things that we'll strive for. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that bottom six, they are, they are going to need better players. There's no doubt about that. I think the coach will have an impact. Obviously, Tippett's going to work to have an impact. I do like he's an experienced coach. I think he'll get the attention of the players right away. But uh, but again, as I've said, I just I just don't think coaching was a major problem for the team last year. What about half how, how you have to play this year? What about getting defensemen involved? You can't play in this league without a five-man attack. And and it used to be all oh, get one defenseman up in the play. You need you need to play as five man units all the time. And it, you talk about it's not just with the puck. If you watch four checks now, you get in the offensive zone. It's hard to four check teams if you're just going to use three guys. Your D have got to be up on that too. So I'm a big believer. Defense have to be involved. Have to be outlets. Uh, coming out of your zone breakouts I mean you need you need support uh, there's some teams that I I won't mention them but they do a real good job of, of breaking out of their own end just with short passes real good support support of deep partners but then they get up get up the ice so whether it be without the puck a four check in the offensive zone or getting up the ice your D have to be involved that's just that's the only way you can stay competitive in the league today all right so again we know that the Oilers have to do that do they have the players to do that at a high enough level to uh, to be a playoff team or even even a cup contender I, I think though that's a, a very serious question Xander texting in he says hey Reed how many new D in the top six would you want to return to the Oilers if if some go and I believe two should go Xander says who do you think should replace those players Pearson or Jones maybe well I do think Joel Pearson out of Sweden will be on the Oilers next season he does move the puck he, he played pretty well overseas you know, maybe Caleb Jones has a shot. We'll we'll see what happens with uh, Russell and or Sekra if if they're brought back. I mean, maybe there's the possibility of a buyout on uh, on one of those two players. But clearly, the Oilers have to get better at pressuring the puck, getting the puck up ice, doing it quickly. And it's one thing for a coach to want to do it. Every coach wants to do that nowadays. Is the Oilers uh, roster good enough? To do that, Ken Holland was asked about the defenseman in the system, and uh, could some guys who were on the farm this past season help out? You know, I went to, to, to San Diego to watch their, those those young uh, kids down there play. Bouchard was there too, so there was, you know, Lagesson, Bear, uh, uh, Jones, and and uh, and Bush, Bouchard. So I got to watch them all play. Certainly, uh, we'd like to. You can't move them all in at the same time, Bob. We yep. got to try to move in one and then another. Do they? Do we, I like to ideally think that one's going to make it camp, maybe two. And as you work your way through the year. Uh, uh, maybe a year from now we'll, we'll, we'll see but certainly we want to get younger uh, I always reflect back in my Detroit days I, you know you know, you look at Sakara who's a really good veteran I, I look at the impact that Nicholas Cronwell right. had on Dennis Chalowski had on, on Philip Horonic. Sakara can have that role you got to have some veteran well respected people in the locker room uh, that mentor those, those young kids so certainly you, you like you want to have youth, but you need to have you need to have some veterans there, certainly on the back end, that they can mentor them. Uh, I think we've got lots of those different options in the organization. We got to sort it out here over the next uh, couple of months. All right, so I do think there are some promising players on on the blue line for the Edmonton Oilers. 
I'm I'm not so sure that somebody is necessarily ready to jump right in next season. I do think Pearson will be on the team. Jones had had some good moments in his brief appearance with with the Oilers this past year. Uh, maybe he's ultimately the one who, who might push and get another spot on the blue line. Of course, everything on uh, 630Ched.com that you might have missed from today, you can get everything out of the archive from uh, Oilers Now or on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com or the archive for uh, for Inside Sports, this show, on our website as well. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. You can also text 630-630. Edmonton Eskimos, next game coming up on Friday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Friday in Winnipeg, you'll hear from the man who was their leading receiver in the preseason win over the Lions on Sunday. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Dave Tippett, the new head coach of your Edmonton Oilers. That is our top story today. But, of course, the Edmonton Eskimos continue to prepare for their second and final preseason game. That'll be in Winnipeg on Friday, 5 o'clock for the countdown to kick off right here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 6.30. Eskimos winning 22-7 over the BC Lions on Sunday. Anthony Parker, one of the Eskimos' free agent signings in the offseason, was the Eskimos' leading receiver in that game. Of course, the passes spread around to a, a lot of different guys. Parker had three catches for 30 yards he spoke to Dave Campbell I uh, felt good out there I mean I was comfortable um, got a good feel for the offense going now and just now it's a matter of you know picking up that pace trying to play a little bit faster see things a little bit faster um, you know there's a couple plays where I felt I was you know a step or two behind where I would like to be uh, so just you know correcting those things but uh, the guys have made it easy on me the coaches are doing a phenomenal job in, uh, in installing everything and helping simplify what is a, a super complex offense so uh, it's been a lot of fun and uh, it was nice to get out there and uh, just smack pads a little bit there's a lot made about you're playing a preseason game a week after camp opens which seems very challenging and advantageous and for a youngster that's new to the league it's it's tough how about for a, a wily veteran like yourself coming to a new team a new system uh yeah for me i mean uh to be honest i thought it was nice uh i, I like to get the game out of the way early and then you know we've got another one in just a couple days mm-hmm. uh but then you get that nice break between the you know the grind of camp and then that first true uh game that means something so uh to me i, I was happy to have the first game out of the way early and just uh just get out there and get full speed and see what things are looking like and so uh, now i'm excited to see what we can build on when was the last time you played into the second half or more specifically into the fourth quarter in a preseason game yeah that's been that's been a little <laughs> while uh you know it's weird even you know even last year after uh, you know i ended up getting released in calgary and it's funny even then i you know i played i think the first quarter and a little bit and then i was hanging out on the mm-hmm. sidelines so um it's been a while but uh but it was nice to be able to play on both sides of the half and in a preseason game and uh, just get that get that workload up tell me about coming here i know last year you were with the bc lions for for a little bit mm-hmm. uh but the chance to come here and, and to play for the Eskimos and how it all came came together. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's what a lot of people don't know is when I got when I got cut from uh, Calgary last year, uh, I spent about 
36 hours or so in Edmonton and uh, there was a you know we were we were talking about making things work at that time uh, last year and so uh, for various reasons it you know it didn't work out and uh, so when the opportunity came this year and to be close to home and and, and to come and be part of such a storied franchise um, and to play kind of on that that flip side of the Battle of Alberta uh, you know when the contract came shoot I jumped at the opportunity and I'm excited to be here you talked about 36 hour period where you almost came here it's kind of good to, I would imagine, to you have that initial conversation and that's something that you can put in your back pocket. Even though it didn't work out, that's something maybe you could use for later and it worked out. That, that's exactly it. You know, uh, you know, I made the drive <laughs> made the drive from Calgary up to here and was able to meet with the coaching staff, chat with Brock, do all that stuff. And and definitely it was something that, you know, even though I went to BC and, and played there, uh, you know, as the season was winding down there, it was something that stuck in the back of my mind that, you know, that there would be an opportunity potentially here. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, free agency came and, and the phone rang and uh, like I said, jumped at the opportunity and couldn't be more excited about it. So tell me about being the, on the other side of the Battle of Alberta, you know, because you you broke some hearts of Eskimo fans. I remember a Labor Day rematch game, we're standing in the end zone right now and I'm pointing to the right, where you caught a pass right over there around I don't know, the, the 10-5 yard line when the Eskimos were, you know, in the lead for most of the game and you broke their hearts then. But anyway, uh, what's it like to be on this side of the Battle of Alberta? Um, I mean, I yeah, I remember the, the catch you're, you're talking about and uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, for me, Labor Day and the Battle of Alberta and all that has always been like such a just a historic part of the CFL, mm-hmm. and and to be able to be on the one side of it for as long as I have, and and you know, been able to have some good games in those outings. Uh, I've always kind of wondered, like, shoot, I wonder what they think about it on the other side. And so, so now being over here, shoot, there's, to be honest, as far as things go, most important thing for me is to make this football team, and then the second one is to go down the road and, uh, and beat Calgary in their house. Time to change history, because, as you know, Calgary has had a lot of success against Edmonton. Definitely. I mean, that's the thing. Over the years, there's been a lot of success, uh, or at least in the recent years, and um, that's something that, you know, with this group that we've got here, it's a tremendously talented group, and uh, I don't see why we can't go down there and get things done, turn it around a bit. Second preseason game on Friday in Winnipeg. For you, as a veteran, and you're probably going to see some more time in that game, how does this week change compared to week one? Um, more body maintenance. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of injured right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's one of those things. I mean, you know, this is my ninth. You know, my ninth go around at it, and I don't know how many hundred, couple hundred, whatever hundred games or so. Yeah. And uh, and so, I mean, this week I'm starting to feel a little bit more than I was last week. So just you know, taking care of the body and and then making sure to stay sharp on the stuff that just like a rookie should. You know, day one, day two, day three stuff. Keep that sharp in your mind. So when you know the coach is pulled out of their hat, you're ready to go out there and perform. That is Anthony Parker receiving for your Edmonton Eskimos. They are going to be at Winnipeg on Friday night. Blue Jays uh, down to their last couple outs against Tampa Bay. The Rays leading this one 3-0 with one out in the top of the ninth. You can text 630-630. Ron from Lloyd saying, Reed, I think we need to wait and see what the opening day roster will be for the Oilers before we prejudge anything. We have Negard and Pearson as possibilities, and that is already two different players. I think there are more moves to come. In any event, we need a goalie who can make a save and who the players have confidence in. Also, an improved penalty kill would do wonders. That is Ron from Lloyd Minster texting in tonight. Uh, meanwhile, this person says, you may not be able to name a Drake song title, but you will probably recognize his music anywhere because it all sounds the same. And the Fizzler chiming in tonight. Always a special evening when you hear from the Fizzler. He says, Drake is bad, but it would be pretty sweet to see him give Bob Stoffer a shoulder rub at Studio 99 during the pregame show. The Fizzler dreaming big.
Raptors dreaming big. They will open the NBA Finals at home on Thursday night against the Golden State Warriors. Game two of the Stanley Cup Final is tomorrow from Boston. You can get it right here on 6.30, Ched, with uh, the game starting at 6 o'clock. So no inside sports tomorrow. I will be back on uh, Thursday. Kelly Rudy is going to join us, and we'll have a couple guys from FC Edmonton coming in studio as well. More on 630Ched.com as Dave Tippett is the new head coach of your Edmonton Oilers. That belief is earned, you know, because you get those results by by having some wins. And not just I'm not just talking about wins games, like wins in when you defend well for the last two minutes of a of a period or a game. You know, you win a close game, you earn those points. And like I was talking about earlier, you earn the right to be a playoff team. You just don't automatically get to be a playoff team. But but the belief is built through your preparation, your uh, players' accountability. Like, there's all those little steps that have to go into place. Now you believe you're a good team and you believe you can win. Right? And once that belief, that's a, that's a confidence that's earned, once you get that going and you see good teams have it, they just, like St. Louis, they didn't have it the first half. The second half, they believed they're going to win. They went into every game, they believed they're going to win. Their young goaltender was playing great, but they had a belief system that just turned around for them. And it can happen it can happen to any team at any time. So those are all things that we're going to be striving for here. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.